Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Feed Me. And thank you for joining us as always. I was walking around the house on a Wednesday night and I was saying to myself, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. After a really good stretch, four consecutive winning days, I fell on my face Wednesday and it kind of hurt a little bit. So I'll get to the recap in just a moment. First things first, though, today's a big day. It's shout out time. It's my number one fan. It's my number one listener. It's my number one critic as well. It's a special day. It's my wife's birthday. So happy birthday, love. I hope you have a great day. And I'm going to do the best job I can today. I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to clean the garage so you can get your car in there for the winter. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to take all that stuff from a two-car garage, fit it in the smallest storage shed we could have bought at Home Depot, a six-by-eight shed. I'm going to get all the bikes in there, all the lawn equipment in there, the 18 chairs that we have for a bonfire once a year. I don't know why people can't bring their own chairs, but apparently we have to all store them every single year. If I can't fit it in the shed or on top of the roof of the shed, I'm willing to give up my bike. I'm, I'm going to make that sacrifice for you. And maybe I'll get a storage unit if I have to today. But you will be able to get your car in the garage come Friday morning. I guarantee you that. So now, let's recap the card for Wednesday. Yeah, it was about as good as that was, I guess. Match in action. I'm glad it's going to be done here soon. I had Central Michigan and Ohio first half under the 23 and a half. That was a loser. I had Miami of Ohio minus the eight and a half. And Buffalo is ready to score in the final three minutes of the game. They're going to backdoor me on a 75-yard touchdown pass. But the guy fumbles at about the half-yard line. It goes to the back of the end zone. I think it gets recovered for a touchdown. But upon further review, he's out of bounds. It's a touchback, and I get to cash a ticket in the back. I go one and one. I'm almost doing cartwheels over that. I think it was just the Maction Action Gods that said, you got to give this guy one, otherwise he won't be back next year. So they let me cash a ticket. So thank you much for that. I cash on Miami of Ohio. My coin flip bets, they do not go well. I lose in the NBA. I lose in the NHL. College basketball, I just didn't see the card. I didn't give you much to work with on Twitter. I go one and three with my handicap. We lose a couple tickets on Loyola, Maryland. You guys are now seven and three on Twitter, but thank you for the votes again. I lose on Nichols, and this is when I knew the day wasn't going to go my way. They were up 18 in the first half over Denver, and they let it slip away, and they ultimately lose the game. I do cash on Boston College. I thought foul game was going to get dicey there, but I cashed the ticket against Richmond. And then Simo, minus the two and a half against Evansville. I like the spot, but I got crushed. Yeah, the Purple Aces put together a great performance. Got a nice note from Jackson out there. He's a four-year season ticket holder of Evansville. I'll tell you what, Jackson, congrats to you. For you to be a four-year season ticket holder for these last four years at Evansville, it's been a painful run. So thank you for being a diehard fan. I wish you guys the best of success this year in the Missouri Valley Conference. The Purple Aces fans deserve better, and I hope you finally get it this year. And it looks like you probably have a little better basketball team. So once again, congrats on the W. So that's yesterday. New day today. Let's make it a winner. So here we go. Let's start the card. And the National Football League, it's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. So the first meeting was back in week two. The Ravens won that one, 27-24 at Cincinnati. The Ravens gained 5.9 yards per play versus just 4.9 yards per play for the Bengals. Jamar Chase, well, he was blanketed most of that game. He was limited to just 31 yards of receiving, a really low number. The Bengals had their four-game winning streak and last time out losing to the Texans at home by three. 
The Ravens also had their four-game winning streak end last time out, losing to the Browns by two in crazy fashion. Lamar Jackson is 7-1 and as a starter against Cincinnati. That was rather impressive. The Ravens have scored 31 or more points in four consecutive games. The Bengals have scored 24 or more points in three consecutive games. Both teams will likely be shorthanded on defense tonight. Primetime unders are 25-7 and this year, but this actually feels like a game that should go over. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the Bengals and the Ravens over the 46 points. I also lean to the Bengals plus the three and a half there, but I couldn't pull the trigger on that one. First quarter system bet under nine and a half at a minus 115. Don't love it, but I'm betting every single one of it. Uh, so there we go. Now my prop bets. I normally give you three for the primetime games, but tonight I'm going to give you four. It's my wife's birthday. I got to get something on the card for her. Bet number one, it's Lamar Jackson over 17 and a half completions. This one is weighted at a minus 130. Jackson was only 13 of 23 in the loss to the Browns last time out. He was 24 of 33 in the first meeting against Cincinnati. Jackson has gone over this number in seven of 10 games. If I'm right about the game over, I would be shocked if I'm wrong about this one. And coming off of 13 completions, I always like the bounce back efforts. So give me Lamar Jackson over the 17 and a half completions at the minus 130. Next up at running back, it's Gus Edwards over 45 and a half yards rushing. Edwards is coming off his lowest output of the year, 11 attempts for just 24 yards against Cleveland. The good news for Edwards, Cleveland allows just 3.8 yards per carry. Meanwhile, the Bengals are giving up five yards per carry. Edwards is averaging 4.1 yards per carry himself this season. He's gone over this number in seven of 10, including 10 attempts for 62 yards in the first meeting against Cincinnati. So give me Gus Edwards over the 45 and a half yards rushing for Baltimore. Next up on the card at wide receiver, it's Jamar Chase over the 78 and a half yards receiving. Chase had just 31 yards once again in the first meeting against the Ravens. Since that meeting though, Chase has gone over this number in five of his last seven. Burrow has gone over 300 yards in back-to-back games, so these two are clicking again. No Higgins tonight, so let's take the over with Chase. Give me Jamar Chase over the 78 and a half yards receiving. Next up, we go to tight end. Anna was one of my wife's favorite Vikings there for a little while. It's Irv Smith Jr. over 13 and a half yards receiving at a minus 110. It's only one target for one catch for six yards last week after having eight targets, seven catches for 51 yards over the previous two weeks. Back in 2020 with the Vikings, where my wife and I really liked him, Smith had an average of 12.2 yards per receptions, and he had 30 receptions that year. I have a soft spot for Smith. I always felt like he's been underutilized. I'm counting on Burrow to find him a couple times in this one. So give me Irv Smith Jr. for my wife on her birthday over 13 and a half yards receiving. The juice on that one is only a minus 110. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Next up on the card, we go to college football. Only one game on the docket. It's Boston College at Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh is just 2-8 and eight on the season, but they're still the only team to beat Louisville. Surprise, surprise. Boston College this year, they battled Florida State to the end before losing by two. So that's the good for both teams on the resume. The bad news, BC got smoked at home last week, 48-22 to against Virginia Tech to end a five-game winning streak. Pittsburgh has actually lost four straight games, averaging just 11 points per game. So I can't decide what to do on this game. I'm not in the MAC anymore, so you know the drill. When in doubt, bet the first half under, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play Boston College and Pittsburgh under the 22-and-a-half in the first half. Coin flip bets here, NBA, Brooklyn Nets at Miami Heat, total of 217-and-a-half, tails it is. So I'm in the under 217-and-a-half between the Nets and the Heat. On the frozen pond, I selected the New York Islanders at the Seattle Kraken. Total in this one is six. Tails again, so I'm on the under six between the Islanders and the Kraken. Next up, we go to college basketball, my normal four-pack here. Game number one, it's the first game off the board on Thursday. It's Charleston, minus the one and a half against Vermont. It's at the Myrtle Beach Invitational in Conway, South Carolina. So Charleston returns the 293rd most minutes in the country. Vermont, the 210th most minutes in the country. So they both lost a lot of talent. Charleston is projected to be the top dog in the CAA. Vermont is projected to be the top dog again in the America East. So last year, Charleston would have been favored by four in this matchup. Pat Kelsey's Cougars are off to just a one-and-one start. They're 0-2 against the spread after hanging on for a two-point win over Iona in the opener, followed by an 18-point loss against Duquesne on a neutral floor. But they do have that neutral floor experience already. Charleston had the halftime lead in that game, but just shot 39%. Yeah, that's not good. Vermont, on the other hand, the Catamounts are 2-0 on this season without trailing. Yeah, they defeated Merrimack by 12 and Plattsburgh State by 51. So no major edge in this game. It's just a gut feeling that Charleston plays a whole lot better than they did last time out. So I'm going to take the Cougars minus the one and a half over the Catamounts at the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Next up on the card, it's North Florida minus the one and a half against Presbyterian. So Presbyterian went just 3-27 and last year. They returned the 103rd most minutes in the country, and they're projected dead last in the Big South, yet three games into the season, they've matched last year's win total, including wins over Vanderbilt and the Citadel. Yeah, so the Blue Hose can play some D. Vanderbilt shot just 32% against him. Columbia International shot just 36% against him. And the Citadel shot just 31%. All three teams under 40% from the field. North Florida went 12-17 and 17 last season. They returned the 285th most minutes in the country, and they're projected to finish eighth in the ASUN media poll with four first-place votes, so they potentially have some upside. The Ospreys are 2-1 and one on the season, coming off a loss at South Carolina State by 10 as a 5.5-point favorite. If this game comes down to free-throw shooting, I like my chances. North Florida shooting over 80% at the line this year. They're at home. They're against a team that has already overachieved this season. So give me the Ospreys. Minus the one and a half at home over Presbyterian. Next up in the card, we head to Williams Arena in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's Missouri. Minus the one and a half at Minnesota. So it's a new season and new optimism for the Golden Gophers. 
Minnesota covered and beat Bethune-Cookman by 20 in the opener. Minnesota covered and beat UTSA, the Roadrunners, by 26 in game number two. Dawson Garcia, well, he's really good for the Gophers, 22 and 23 points so far this season. I'm really excited about Minnesota. The coaches and media, though, in the Big Ten, they're not. Minnesota's projected 14th out of 14 teams in the conference, coming off a 9-22 and season. On the other hand, well, Dennis Gates in Missouri went 25-10 and last year. They're projected ninth in the SEC. The Tigers are 2-1 on this season with a 15-point loss to Memphis after leading by 14 early in that game. Missouri is 0-3 against the spread, wanting to complete that. They're looking for that first complete performance in this one. Former Cal, Arkansas, and Oral Roberts big man, 7-5, Connor Vanover. Well, he'll make his Missouri debut tonight. He'll cause some problems in the paint for the Gopher offense. I do know that. I want to believe so badly in Minnesota that they're back. They're going to do it. They're going to have a good year, but I'm going to wait to see it. So give me Missouri, minus the one and a half, at the barn over Minnesota. And the final game of the card for me, it's North Dakota State plus the eight and a half at Montana. So I wasn't going to go back-to-back days with all favorites on the card. So this was the best dog with the least amount of fleas for me. So I'm going to press my luck. I've actually cashed three straight involving these two teams. So I'm hoping hit number four here. North Dakota State lost on this floor to UC Davis by 15 on Tuesday. They got down early and never took the lead. Montana beat UC Davis on this floor Sunday in similar fashion, never trailing. The Grizzlies are playing the better basketball. This should be a much better matchup, though, for North Dakota State in the paint. I expect this game to be in doubt at the under four timeout. So I'm going to grab the eight and a half and hope foul game doesn't come back to beat me. Oh, yeah, this is likely a game you can wait on a little bit, though. The number could easily increase to 9-10, but I'm going to grab it now. I'm on North Dakota State plus the eight and a half on the road at Montana. So let's recap my card for a Thursday. I've been all over the board tonight, and I have to clean the garage here soon. So here we go. In the National Football League, I'm on the Ravens and the Bengals to buck the trend and give us a prime time over. I'm on the over 46. First quarter under system play, under the nine and a half at a minus 115. Your prop bets, Lamar Jackson, over 17 and a half completions, weighted at a minus 130. Gus Edwards, over 45 and a half yards rushing. Jamar Chase, over 78 and a half yards receiving. Irv Smith Jr., over 13 and a half yards receiving at a minus 110. College football, Boston College at Pittsburgh. We're going to play the first half under there, under the 25 and a half. NHL, we're on the frozen pond with the Islanders and the Kraken under the six. NBA, I'm on the Nets and the Heat under 217 and a half. College basketball, first game off the board. Give me Charleston, the Cougars, minus the one and a half over the Catamounts of Vermont. Give me North Florida, minus the one and a half over Presbyterian. Give me Missouri, minus the one and a half at Minnesota. Yeah, three games where the spread's one and a half. If it's a one-point night, I might pull my hair out. Then in the nightcap, it's North Dakota State, plus the eight and a half at Montana. So that's my card for a Thursday. I hope everyone has a great day enjoying sports while I'm cleaning the garage. And as always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun. And let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.